0: Hi! Yay! You're welcome here. <laughs> we did it. Sorry about the, the up. I'm having some Wi-Fi issues. So, friends, this is my daughter Madeline. So, welcome, Mad. Hi. I call her Mads. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yay! It's working. I'm so happy. So, we are going to talk about our relationship journey. So, Madeline, why don't you um, why don't you just kind of tell us like your about your decision to leave the LDS church? Yeah. So
1: I was about 15 years old when I first began questioning the church and 16, when I openly told my parents that I no longer wanted to go, they said, you know, you live in our house, you have to follow our rules. So uh, the rules in our house is you go to church. So the next couple years were really, really difficult. Um, you know, I, just wanted to experience life for myself and make decisions for myself. And I felt like when I expressed questions about the church, it was, you know, kind of shut down and, you know, kind of told that, you know, <laughs> Satan is, is uh, in your mind or, or that, um, you know, it's, it's general authorities counsel. So we have to, you know, believe in it. it. It just wasn't a lot of my questions just were never answered. And, there was no room for, for questioning. And I was a very vocal, strong-willed teenager. So um, yeah, my parents and I really, really struggled through my teenage years. Um, So much so I even moved in with my aunt, my mom's sister, who is no longer a member um, uh, as a junior for quite a while. And then ended up moving back home and at 18, on my 18th birthday, it was a mutual decision that I was going to move out because I didn't want to go to church anymore and didn't want to follow their rules and they didn't want to deal with me either. So it was a very bittersweet time for us, Um, (laughs) for me, I guess, because I had this newfound freedom to, you know, make whatever decisions I wanted in my life and believe whatever I wanted, you know, but it was really, really hard on our relationship and, I was really hurt and I, I didn't even talk to my parents for a few months. And, you know, we, we both have always, well, all of us, sorry, including my dad, we've always wanted to have really close relationships. So it was hard to feel like, you know, we had to start from nothing and we had nothing in common and we had just been fighting for years and years. So we started trying, um, but there was one day that I remember in particular that my mom and I were driving in the car, and she said, "Mads, I am so sorry that I assumed that I knew what would make you happy in your life. That is your decision to make that is not not my assumption to make. I'm so sorry, and I hope you'll forgive me and <laughs> that, I remember that day <laughs> that was pivotal for me because I I felt hurt, and you know. So soon, soon after that, I I started going to therapy and you know working through a lot of the trauma and you know shame and um, guilt that you deal with when um, you transition out of the church and you know feeling isolated, feeling like you're an outsider in your own family when family's everything to me and to all of us and you know who who are part of the church like that's what it is. So for those of us who leave, it's just as heartbreaking to feel like you're not a part of the family in the same way anymore. So the biggest thing that my therapist really helped me to do was, was have compassion for my parents and realize that they were just operating, you know, doing the best that they knew how. And, I can't blame them for that. They didn't didn't know any better, you know. Maybe sometimes my dad was a little harsh, but I'm sure his dad was way way harsher on him than he ever was on me, um, and he didn't know any better. And they they did the best they could, and it all came from a place of love. Paislin, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Sorry, just saw that comment. He's yeah. my best friend. Everyone.
0: <laughs> um, so, where was I? Um, it came out of love. you were talking about how. You could see that our motivation was loving, even if it yeah. wasn't helpful.
1: Exactly. And, and that was huge for me and, you know, my decision to really do my part to rebuild our relationship. Um, so we, we all just kept trying and trying to rebuild. And, um uh, eventually one day I sat down with my mom and said, look, mom, I want to be close with you. I, I want want to come around, but you know when you bring up the church in in certain ways like pushing me to go back or you know whatever, or you bring up past past decisions that I made um, as a teenager that you know make me feel shameful, guilty, you know just really anxious it, it just I feel anxious all the time when I'm here and I just don't want to feel that way and i I want to feel like there's a safe safe space for me in my own home. And if you are willing to, you know, um agree to these boundaries and not bring up the church anymore and not bring up the past, then I will do my part to, you know, rebuild the relationship and come around more and, and be close and open with you guys. And she said, Okay. Yeah, you got it.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> so in thinking back it seems like for a long time you collapsed me and your dad, like as one person kind of like it was us against you. And that it seems like part of our journey has been you separating out your relationship with each of us. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. It, I, I remember you saying like, well, you guys said this. I'm like, I didn't say that. I don't think that, that was Dad, yeah. or I said something, and he didn't agree, or whatever, but it was kind of all lumped together. Does that fit for your experience?
1: Oh, absolutely,
0: for sure, um you're one hundred percent right, yeah, and so and I think sorting through that and going, no, this is like this is my mom, this is my dad, and they're married, and they're different yeah
1: and and they can think different things and I think for me, I always perceived you guys as being a united front because you always were that way. You know, you'd always talk things through and, you know, before making a decision telling me if I could have a sleepover whatever. (laughs) So it was always a mutual thing. So I did clump you guys together as having the same beliefs and feeling the same way toward me.
0: And yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you think was... Like, what was the most helpful thing that I did as your mom to help you feel more comfortable coming around? Was it just respecting your boundary? Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, from that day forward, it was consistency. You you respected my boundary, and you've been nothing but love. And I, and I feel like that is what the church teaches. It, you know, it's not your place to judge me for my beliefs or my choices. It's your job to love me and you truly embody the pure love
0: of Christ in my eyes. Oh, thank you. Now I'm going to cry. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, for, for me, well, and I think for all parents too, like you kind of have an idea of how your kid's life is going to unfold, even if you're not conscious of it. And I was conscious, you know, it's like, oh, well, then they'll do this and they'll kind of be like me, right? And even though I know that that's not accurate, it's just like normal to kind of have expectations. And so for for me, it was um, like grieving what I expected and then embracing what is and who you are. And I do remember that conversation when I said, you know, will you forgive me for thinking that I know best what your path is and that was a huge um lesson for me letting go and it's been a huge gift it's been a huge gift to learn that sorry it
1: was breaking up on that last sentence can you oh I just
0: said it's it's been a huge gift to me to learn that that Mm -hmm. that my kids like Everybody gets to choose their own path, and that's part of why I'm so passionate about, like, own your life. Take responsibility. This is, it's, it's up to you. And um, I really learned that through our relationship and that pain of breaking my expectations and then accepting who, who you were and are and let, kind of let you unfold hard valuable lesson in boundaries really like it's an emotional boundary right like oh I'm not like this is not my job like to con not control but like to kind of guide or whatever it's like you're you're the boss of your life I mean even kids like our jobs to protect you um until you're 18, right? And then it's kind of like, okay, here's your life. And so, once I gave that over to you, I was freer to um to love. And and I feel like I'm a better person because of that. Thank you for sharing that. I I didn't
1: know in detail that <laughs> you know that that's
0: what you've experienced. So, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I um I also think that some of the control that that you perceived as coming from like religious beliefs for me was wanting to protect you from like safety and you know like keep you safe and keep you yeah it wasn't I mean like physically safe you know so you didn't make a stupid choice or you know any anyway and It was more
1: about physical safety. Yeah. And and I, I remember you telling me that specifically when I was that young and I remember feeling like, and, and even telling you this actually, like, mom, you raised me like at some point you have to trust that you did a good job and that I'm going to, you know, make (laughs) smart choices and, you know, not be totally stupid. Um, only partially stupid. Right? <laughs> but, right. You know, like, but it felt to me like, yeah, like you, you aren't acknowledging who I am or what I'm capable of. Like I can take yeah. care of myself, <laughs> but of right. course,
0: you know, at I'm, 15,
1: <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm 15. Yeah. What do I know?
0: <laughs> yeah. I expected you to be a very smart 15 year old, but not. <laughs> but you were still 15. Um, there's a uh, hey, look. Oh. I, I made Go it ahead. out alive.
1: I never got pregnant. I never <laughs> <laughs> never got addicted to
0: drugs. I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Planned Parenthood. <laughs> <laughs> um, what if your parents can't say they are sorry for trying to dictate your path? That's Bonnie's asking that question. Um I play this for your mom, Bonnie. <laughs> or your dad.
1: Yeah, I, I would have expressed how painful that that is to me, that they aren't willing to, you know, acknowledge their part and apologize. And that I would, it would really mean a lot to me if they would apologize.
0: So just, for their you, you
1: would request that directly?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that is how we, you know, got through, got to where we are today is I was very clear with my expectations and my thoughts and feelings. And, you know, mm-hmm. you raised me that my thoughts, feelings, and voice matter. And, you know, it came back to bite you sometimes with my, the mouth that I, that
0: I have. Why do to, I I'm teach assertiveness? Why? Why? Make <laughs> my life harder? <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. And then if they still aren't willing and still don't understand, then that that's just, you know, then you have to find the place in your heart to forgive them anyway. That's Mm. what I think that it's, it's, it's so much pain to carry in your heart that you need to decide that you're going to forgive them and let them go, let it go and know that they were, you know, they're imperfect humans and they did the best that they knew how.
0: Yeah. And I think boundaries go both ways. Like I remember setting boundaries with you. Like you may, if, if you're coming over here, you may not talk to me like that, or you need to leave like disrespectfully. Or so I think we both were really clear about like, what was okay. Um, what was okay. What's not okay. Right. Yeah. Um, Sam's asking, how old were you when you started healing our relationship, when our relationship started healing?
1: Um, it was that pivotal moment that I shared where my mom apologized for assuming she knew what would make me happy in my life like that.
0: And how old were you?
1: And, oh yeah. And I was 18. Okay.
0: Yeah. That, that feels about right. Mm -hmm. Um, there's another question, Maddie, is it hard to find space to respect your parents' religious beliefs? Or can you find space to accept their beliefs as they find space for you to have your own path?
1: I think the latter. Absolutely. I think it, it goes both ways, but I think that it really takes a lot of, of work of healing and mourning, you know, the, (laughs) the, the loss of the relationship and understanding of the world that you shared, you know, now there's always like you you live in two different worlds almost like I experience and live in a different <laughs> life. And yeah, I just, does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like then you do. And, and that was a really hard thing to, to acknowledge. Like it was, it felt sad for me for a while that you guys, I felt like at 18 first starting to go to therapy that, Oh, they have such limited beliefs. And, you know, I feel sad for them that they're stuck in this, you know, yeah, like little corner. Um, and <laughs> there's just, the universe is so much more than that. And, and yeah, like it, it was super painful and hard. And I think that therapy was really what made the difference with that in particular, for sure.
0: Um, Let's, there's another question. How do you set healthy boundaries with your parents? when someone has tried time and time again to have a healthy relationship with them and they are dead set in their ways? Um, You know, it really depends on
1: what kind of relationship you're willing to have with them. You know, like if it's so hard to be around them, then maybe you need to take, take time and, and separate. Like I think that that honestly, that separation was big for me and both my parents, because I think it helped them to reflect like, Oh my gosh we we need to change something in our approach otherwise like we're gonna lose our daughter and that relationship you know that is ultimately what matters most right
0: yeah so, i i actually never feared losing a relationship with you oh well good i dad did but i That's i never did. i i just never did i don't know i always had I had faith in our relationship. Um, so Lori's asking, mom, do you share touching scriptures or stories or off limits? How would you answer that? Um, <laughs>
1: so only in a family setting, if we're like at the dinner table, um, or it's on a Sunday and my dad wants to share something, <laughs> then I'll, I'll sit there. But my mom never, ever brings up scriptures or the church or anything spiritual in any one-on-one conversation with me.
0: We talk about what we have in common, or what's interesting, or um, I think I've shared things relating to the church that I've learned or ways I've grown. I've probably shared with you, but not in a like, "Oh, you need to come back." Yeah, okay. no, you've you know, never
1: shared a scripture like <laughs> that, that. Yeah, okay, fair yeah. enough.
0: Yep. <laughs> um, what was the determining factor to you for forgiving your parents for the hurt they caused you? Do you struggle still with not letting the past affect your current relationship? I do not struggle. Can you? So what? <laughs> Sorry, what, I've never done this before. That's okay. You're doing great. So time. What was the determining factor for you forgiving the hurt? I think you already answered that. Is, is me apologizing to mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. And then therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Helped you see our intent? Okay. Yeah. Um, And then what was the second part of the question? Do you struggle still with not letting the past affect your current relationship? I don't at all. um,
1: Because I personally believe that everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. Um, Whether or not I believe in any religion, I do believe in that, that the path is perfect and everything happens the way it's supposed to. And I wouldn't be who I am today and my parents wouldn't be who they are today if we didn't go through what we experienced.
0: So so your belief is that everything happens for a reason and your path is perfect in how you develop in part of your development and yeah so there's no
1: reason for me to hold any resentment toward you guys. You know, like I said you you were doing the best that you knew how and it all came from a place of love and as long as I keep that in mind that everything, you know, really truly came from love, then it's easy for me to, to forgive you.
0: Um, what, what was it about the LDS church that you didn't want to be a part of? Um, do you attend a different church now? I do not attend any church and I
1: will give you kind of the main, um, main points. So initially my issues with the church were mostly cultural, you know, a lot of judgment, hypocrisy. I do feel like that has changed and improved over the last, you know, decade, um, or 13 years ago or so, you know, that's when I was (laughs) in high school. Um, but that was one of the first things that really struck me, um, as just, it just didn't make sense. I just didn't, make me happy, um, to be a part of that. And then as I, as I shared earlier, there was, you know, no room for questioning. So it was kind of like, I just felt completely shut down and yeah. Um, the next thing, and and really the, the thing that I think made me decide for sure and tell my parents that I didn't want to be a part of the church anymore was the qualifying temple recommend questions. Um, the fact that tithing is one of those, Questions: Are you a full tithe payer? I, that didn't sit right with me because in my mind, it's like, if, you know, this should not be a requirement to be able to partake of the, you know, highest blessings in <laughs> heaven or whatever, um, however you say it, you know, I, I understood like, oh, you'll get blessings. If you are a full tithe payer, you should pay your tithing. Sure, do that. But to make that a requirement to enter the temple I didn't agree with that. Um, but I would say the thing that keeps me out of the church and really the biggest thing for me is that, you know, I am humble enough to know how little I truly know about life. And I don't feel it's my place to say that my church is the only true church. You know, every <laughs> religion believes that um, You, know, it's not my place to to say that I know what's going to make you happiest in your life and and it's not your place to tell me that. And, and, and so, yeah, I, I think every religion thinks that they're the true religion and who am I to say that I know, you know, none of us are really going to know until we're dead in my opinion.
0: Right. (laughs) So, So the last part of this is, do you still believe in heavenly parents? I believe
1: that there is a greater force I don't know what it is. Like I said, I I am just very I think logically like I'm I'm not going to know till I'm dead, but I I do know that there is a force that connects us all and that there, you know, I can connect the dots looking back in my life and see how the plan has unfolded and how things had to happen exactly the way it did in order for, you know, something else to happen and so I know that there is some, you know, divine <laughs> intervention in some way or another, whether that be God, whether that be Gaia, Mother Earth, whether it be, you know, the field of energy that connects us all.
0: Mm -hmm. Who knows? Yeah. But I'm open to it. So you, what you're describing is spirituality, but not religion, Mm -hmm. right? Like a connection with something larger than yourself is, that's spirituality. Yeah. 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 Here's another good one. The church is a huge part of my parents' community, personalities, beliefs, and daily activities. It makes it hard to be close when we have to avoid LDS belief subjects. So there's really not a question in that, but I, I can see that. And I think there's a way, I think it depends on intention. And Madeline, you can tell me if you agree with this. Like sharing something like, oh, I have, we had a really cool lesson today. It was on da, 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 but I'm not sharing it to convert you or change you. I'm just sharing it to share. Like you can, it seems like you can tell people's intent of mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to change you versus, oh, this is like, there's a really cool story that I heard at church today, blah, blah, blah. Like just a fact versus like, so don't you want to come back? Don't you want to come with me next week? Like, you know, there's. The it's intent, all about the approach. <laughs> the Yeah. The intent and approach matters. Is there anything you would do differently if you had to do it over again? Asking me that. I would actually have challenged my husband more in the things that I didn't agree with, that we kind of felt like we needed to be a united front. I probably would have Ben, i mean and i i'm a strong personality it's not like i'm a big pushover like, but i think there are certain things i would have fought harder to be like you know what that doesn't feel right to me I, or i don't think this or i i probably would have stood my ground a little bit firmer in certain areas um because i am i'm not as concrete and orthodox as he is and i i never have been um i think i would have Um, One
1: more thing that I just thought of to share that you you said that was really helpful for me in understanding where my dad was coming from was the level of differentiation that he has experienced in his life and within his immediate family. And I know that you've posted about it before, right?
0: Um, (laughs) My people know all about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So my dad came from A family that, you know, everyone was born and raised in the church. They all went on missions. They all graduated college and all got degrees in business or accounting. And, you know, it was just, you know, everyone followed the path. And so I was the first person in his immediate family to ever stray away from that. And that was so overwhelming to him and hard for him to comprehend. And it took a while for him to grasp understanding helped me to have compassion for him and his struggles. Oh, nice. His struggles with my life and my choices.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So Mary's asking, Julie, how do you respond if and when other family members comment on Maddie's choices? So I did have uh, some people comment like, oh, it must be so hard for you or you must be so sad or things like that. And I just go, actually i'm not like and i can honestly say i am in zero pain about your life choices at this point like zero concern zero like i never think about like oh i wish she would i never that well, not like, even cross my mind so when people ask me i, I act surprised because i'm usually surprised like well why would i be disappointed like like it's yeah. a great life <laughs> like okay well, Like, I I don't understand, you know, but I do know where they're coming from and and that it's coming from them projecting themselves into my situation and how they would feel and how I probably felt more of what before we had gone through this process.
1: Yeah. And well, and I just want you to know that it absolutely shows through our relationship and the way that you interact with me and respect me and. I can feel that it's just love and that there's no sadness or pain. I can sense that. And Mm, thanks.
0: Yeah. And I've done a lot. Like I've done a lot of personal work to let go of feeling responsible or feeling, you know what I mean? It's like, I've had to grieve. And now that I've, I've grieved, it's like, okay, let's move forward. Like I, and I talk about this a lot online too, but it's the relationship. It's the relationship. That's all that matters. And for me to have to be right about how your life should go puts our relationship in jeopardy. And why would I do that if relationship is everything that matters? So
1: yeah. And I, I think that's key. I think that is everything for, you know, parents of, of kids who've left the church is they need to realize that the relationship is what matters most.
0: Yeah. I tell families that I've worked with, I'm like, they're like, but what about my eternal family? I'm like, if you don't have a relationship, you don't have an eternal family. There's no hope for that if you don't have a relationship. So start with the building the foundation of our, of our actual relationship and then worry about the other stuff later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another question. Um, Maddie, what do you think of the work your mom is doing here on Instagram and in the world? I think it's great. I I'm so proud of her.
1: I I look up to her so much. She she's my role model and I've always <laughs> wanted to be like her even though I, oh, mom. You know, even though I made different choices in my life, I always hoped that I could amount to even a fraction of who she is and the impact that she is making in the world
0: thanks I'm totally bawling here <laughs> that means a lot because my goal was like to figure out how to create a life that my daughters would want to grow up and be excited to grow up you know so thanks for that um uh, Maddie you're I- such a- you're such a strong woman. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Oh, um, thank you. Oh, Mom. oh yeah, yeah.
1: I think it'd be interesting if you shared kind of how you have navigated your beliefs surrounding the plan of salvation, because I think that that is the single key thing that is the most difficult for parents of kids who've left the church and for both parties is, you know, knowing that you're how heartbroken your parents are because they believe that, Oh no, I'm not going to be able to live with them for time and all eternity because they aren't, they don't believe this. They aren't making certain choices. Like, you know, that sucks for me and, and sucks for you. So how,
0: yeah. How have you developed your beliefs? which I, I know you shared with me before. So yeah, so we had this conversation. Um, I was after a conference talk where it was President Nelson said something about um, exaltation is a family thing, and and we were talking about it at dinner. I think it was after that, and and you said, "Do you believe I'm not going to be with you in the next life or in heaven?" You said. Do you believe I'm not going to be with you in heaven? And I said, if you're not with me, it's not heaven. And so I really yeah. believe that. Like, like I will be where my where my family is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm I I do not believe in a God that would separate us forever. Like, I just don't believe in that God anymore. Yeah. I I think
1: we were talking about. Um, the atonement, it was on Easter and Mm. we were sitting around the dinner table when that question came up because, you know, that's been a really difficult and painful area of the church for me, you know, and for those who feel so black and white about it, like that is hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: But I remember me, I asked Macy, you know, my, my little sister, what are what are your thoughts? How do you, how do you feel about all this? Because you know she was crying, and <laughs> when my mom was saying that, and and she was like, "Yeah, well, I think that heaven is full of you know the things that we love most, and so <laughs> that you know like that that's what heaven is. So you, how could it be heaven if you're not there? Like you know, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Thank you for sharing that because I think that that
0: that's a source of pain for
1: a lot of people.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. a source of pain for a lot of people. And I've had to become a lot more flexible with my theology and beliefs. It's like, you know what? <laughs> like that doesn't work because I like I will I will be with you in the next life. So I'm not worried about it. <laughs> um, okay. During Maddie's teen years, I worked with Julie in young women's. Not one time did she say of word or share any disappointment in regards to Maddie's life to the young women leaders or in her lessons I have so so much respect Aww. that she respected you oh thanks Lori for sharing that mm-hmm. um I believe Maddie was supposed to be yours and your husband's daughter I believe that too do you feel comfortable when you go to your parents and they have prayer yeah I mean i
1: just sit there, and re- I, I respect. I respect everything that you know. My parents believe like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll sit there and be a part of it. I don't say prayers myself, but you know, if they invite me to come to church for a certain thing, for example, like when my dad became the bishop or when Owen had his um, missionary farewell, I was there. I'm I'm there to support him. It, you know, it's family matters most. The relationship matters most. It has nothing to do the church to me.
0: So you go to support your family member because of the relationship on occasion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what do you guys do in your family when the non-religious are asked to pray? Are you, um, the last time ask- my
1: dad asked me to pray, you don't ask, but it was the last time my dad did. I don't know how long ago it was. It was a while. Um, yeah. I just like was like,
0: <laughs> no, thanks.
1: Like, I don't know. Just <laughs> yeah. I, no.
0: I don't. I would never ask someone who was who I knew didn't pray to pray publicly. I just I wouldn't do that. So um oh let's let's talk a little bit about I get a lot of questions about how we handle like drinking and drinking coffee and sleeping in the same room with your boyfriend when you're visiting and things like that like because those are really hard, you know, like we've both had to figure out like, how does, how's that going to work? Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to talk about that? How we've worked that out? Yeah. I
1: think just having open discussions, um, you know, about expectations. Um, and you know, I expressed to her, for example, when I first came home and brought my fiance home, who, who I live with, I said, Hey, you know, are you guys expecting us to sleep in different rooms or is it okay if we sleep in the same room? I mean, obviously you guys know we sleep in the same bed every night. So, you know, it would really mean a lot to me if you <laughs> would, um, you know, let us stay in the same room. Otherwise, Sam says he thinks this is that stupid and, <laughs> and we'll go stay somewhere else <laughs> because he's like, I'm not going to not sleep in the same room as you. What? So, yeah. you know, like, just open conversations about it. And, yeah. Or and like we,
0: if oh, I'm allowed to, to
1: drink on a vacation, you know, mom, so we're going on this vacation. How, how do you feel about me drinking a little bit? Like, I totally understand if you want me to be, to, you know, conceal it because of kids or whatever it is, you know, it. yeah. You know, but at the same time, you also give me the respect of, you know, understanding that I am a responsible adult and you don't judge me for my decisions. So because of that, we're able to have these open conversations. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we've, from like a parent's perspective, we've had to have conversations like me and Jeff. um, What are we comfortable with? And I kind of feel like, like once you're an adult and you're responsible for yourself, like that's kind of, you get to make those decisions and we get to decide what we're okay with in our house or on our vacation where we're treating. And um like how we've done drinking is Madeline drinks when we're on vacation and she pays for it. We're not, we don't pay for it, but she knows, okay, at the end of the trip, she pays for all the alcohol. Um, so we've kind of come to like negotiate different things that we all feel comfortable with. Um with sleeping in the same bedroom. It was like, you know they're living together. It's not like you know what I mean. Well, it's not like I'm you're 28, wanting to. You know, it'd be different. Like if you're not a, if I didn't feel like you were an adult who could make yeah. that decision, like in a you responsible way. You were married way. with
1: two kids at my age,
0: right? Right. 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 <laughs> um, Let's see if there are any other questions. Just lots of love, Madeline. People saying fascinating and brave discussion. Right. Um. Brittany Thank says, you. I had the opportunity to work with Maddie during her early adulthood, and I can vouch that she had the most, the utmost respect for her parents, but there were religious differences. Hmm. Oh,
1: love you, Brittany. Yeah, I worked with her when I was 19, 20, like when things were not super great, but we were trying, and I definitely talked to her about oh. it
0: quite a bit. <laughs> um. Emily says, I feel like the people that need to hear this aren't the ones listening. (laughs) So this will be saved. So you can send a link to people who you would appreciate if they listened and just make a request. Right. I would appreciate if you would take the time to listen to this. It meant a lot to me or this part. You know, just make a request and send them the link.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Jacoy says, how can I foster a relationship with my mom who is very black and white with these topics? I think
1: you should ask yourself, how can I approach this in a way that my mom will understand and, you know, have have an open mind? And I don't know. It's like, like I said earlier, it's all about the approach. So I, I just always like analyze how can I express how I'm feeling differently so that they can understand me better and so that they can open their mind.
0: Um, Does that answer the question? Yeah, I think that's really insightful. So one of the most helpful things for me just in my own faith journey and uh, has been learning about Fowler's stages of faith and being in this very black and white is part of being in stage one, two, or three. That black and white changes when you move into four. So it sounds like you're mom is in probably in stage three, or maybe stage two, in her faith development. And it's not a, an evaluation. It's just a, it's a model that helps it make sense. So when you realize how people in stage three, look at the world, you can empathize with her. And oh, she's it from this point of view, what you're saying, Madeline, it's just felt your stage of faith mm-hmm. For me, and really helpful clients that I shared that with. Um, so, kind of their perspective, but I think that's really smart to say, like, how can I present this in a way that they might, that would be more likely that they would understand?
1: Yeah, because I just think a lot of times with, you know, parent child relationships, we can, you know, tend to default to certain like patterns and may may be more attacking or you know our approach you know like just I I would suggest reflect on your approach yeah and how you could yeah be more soft and you know create you know the space between you guys to have a I don't open conversation and um come to the same understanding I don't I don't know um, if that
0: makes sense (laughs) yeah it does um Jan is asking one more question. Can we all go to Maddie's wedding? JK. <laughs> um, and then congratulations on the engagement. Someone says. Are you bio Thank mom you. or step mom? Are you so Tressa? Are you asking me? I'm bio mom if you're asking about me. So, oh, here's a good one. Since leaving the church, I've struggled with respecting my family's LDS beliefs. Any advice? How do you do it, Maddie? You know,
1: I just think everyone deserves, like, they deserve the same respect that you're asking for, right? You want want them to hold space for you to have your own beliefs, and they deserve the same.
0: Amen. Yeah.
1: And also to respect the fact that it it's real for them, you know, and who are you to, to say that it's not? And that's okay for them to think
0: something different than you, and, yeah, it's still valid. Differentiation of self. (laughs) Now people are getting the background of like how how I've personally learned all of the things that I teach. (laughs) Do you have time to take some more questions, Madeline? Yeah. Okay. My mother is a very conservative Orthodox member. As I get older, I feel like my beliefs about the church are becoming more open-minded. How did you navigate early conversations where you disagreed? Um,
1: it was not not great, yeah, we didn't navigate them well we We had to put in a lot of work communication
0: yeah, I don't, do you have anything to add to that? um let's see no, it was just really it just took a lot of personal work on both of our parts. It was
1: really painful,
0: yeah, it was it was really and. And I think we had to find common ground in other areas and interest in each other's lives in ways that had nothing to do with the church. And I was willing Absolutely. to do that. And you've been, you've been interested in my life the rest of my life, right? That all the other parts that aren't the church. Yep. Totally. Um, so we've, oh, we've almost gone an hour. Oh my God! Um, people are just sending love and appreciation. Thank you. I've been so edified by this conversation. How can we ask a? Oh, how can we ask a question privately? Um, well, we're probably going to um, wrap up in about. You minutes. could get me. There's a little question mark uh, next to the comments. If that's where you can ask a private question. Um, so if you do that really fast, we can maybe get to it what's the best way to ask a family member if they're experiencing a faith crisis or faith journey? Any thoughts on that? Um, You
1: know, I, I think it really depends on the person, but um, you know, and the best way to approach that person, whether it be just soft and caring and just, Hey, are you, I, I'm just curious, like no, no judgment. I just want to support you. I, it just seems, and be correct me if I'm wrong, but are you, are you kind of questioning your faith? And, you know, if you don't want to share, that's totally fine. But, you know, just a soft, still direct approach is totally fine. Or if there's someone like my dad, you know, like a sarcastic little joke about it would work. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, so are you, are you questioning your faith or something? Like.
0: Uh, all right well thank you let's what is there anything else that you want to say madeline that you didn't get a chance to say no
1: i'm um, just thank you for for having me on here mom and you know i i've never <laughs> shared my story on you know even on my own social media i don't talk about it much so um it's been really helpful for me to to express all this and have this conversation with you as well. And I really hope that people um, took something from this and that we can help make a positive impact in the lives and relationships of other mothers and daughters experiencing
0: similar things. So. Yeah. Yeah. Madeline, thank you so much for for taking the time and being willing to be vulnerable and lots of tears tonight. (laughs) But I I just want you to know how much I love you and that I'm so incredibly proud of you. And there's no part of me that's disappointed and there's no part of me that's in pain anymore. And it's just a really great place to be. So I'm really grateful for the journey. Thanks, Mom. I love you so much. I'm proud of you too. Thanks, sweetie. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us tonight. And I hope it's been helpful. If you have any follow up questions, You can uh, DM me. And again, thank you for for being willing to have this conversation. Love you, sweetie. Thank you, mom. And you guys can DM
1: me too if you want. I'm happy to answer more questions.
0: (laughs) I'll put your handle in the comment section. So, or in the, like when it's posted. So, all right. Thanks, everybody. Love Love you, mom. Thank you for listening to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks